Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. Oh my gosh, you guys, this podcast journey has just been one of my absolute favorite things that I have ever done in my whole entire life because I get to meet the coolest people And I get to meet people from around the world because 2020 taught us that virtually we can talk to anybody at any time. So today, my guest is Sarah Chopra. She lives in Perth, Western Australia. So I mean, people are coming in from all over. And she helps to create healthy rituals to live their ideal life by balancing not only their mind and their movement, but their microbiome. She lives with her three kids, her hubby, and loves to practice what she preaches. She went back to studying at the age of 30 and became a naturopath and hasn't stopped studying since then, which tells me that you're never too old to chase your dream and 30 is still a kid. I got kids that are 30. Life led her to complete her yoga teacher training, facilitator of meditation certification, and her lockdown activity was completing her diploma of hypnotherapy. Ooh, I'm excited to hear about that. Sarah hopes to inspire others to live the life of their dreams and I can't be any more excited for you guys to meet Sarah. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad you're oh, here. That was lovely, Julie. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. And I've got this big cheesy grin. That's okay. You can have big cheesy grins. Cheesy grins are awesome. And uh, you could read the phone book and I would just sit and listen to you because your, your, your accent is amazing. So I always ask everybody at the start of my podcast... It's called Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, Feminine Rising. And I know for a fact that if you're over the age of like 10, you've had a point in time in your life where you have been in the ashes of your life. And if you would share with us, what is a pivotal time that you were felt trapped in the ashes of your life? And how did you reclaim that divine inner phoenix? And how has it impacted your life now? Well, when you ask that question, I I think of two times in my life where I really pivoted and, and perhaps the first one would be when I went back to study when I was 30. Um, but the, probably that was more of an age thing. It was like, oh, my God, I'm 30. <laughs> what am I doing? I still smoke cigarettes and I'm still partying and, oh. Retail shop, which which is okay, but I want to. There's something more. There's something more going on. So that's that's kind of where I went. Right. That's that's. I've got to stop that. Let's just turn. And I did. I really just turned that around. Of I did my affirmations, and I could visualize myself running on the beach like a Baywatch babe when I was trying to stop <laughs> smoking, and it worked. <laughs> it I worked. Not that I run on the beach ever. But it worked because I could feel the air in my lungs and I was like, yeah, that's me. So that was kind of one point. But I I can't actually say that I was, you know, in these pivotal ashes. It was more just like a a wake-up call of, oh, my goodness, all of a sudden I'm 30. I thought I was still 15. Um, But I suppose moving forward to perhaps four years ago, coming up five years ago, would be another big change in my life was when um, my family on my in-laws side were, were in Bali and um, we were about to celebrate, um, attend my nephew's wedding and about the day before the wedding, two days before the wedding, you know, guests were arriving, we're at this beautiful villa on the beach, you know, my, my in-laws are not only from India, but they live in Scotland. So it was a great location for us all to be in. And, um, you know, nephews and friends were arriving and bridesmaids and all the best men and everything. And then one after one lunch, the first lunch, actually, when a lot of people were gathering, 
um, you know, some of them went down to the beach and that's where my brother-in-law drowned. Oh, my God. Yeah, so just this terrible accident that happened and I guess, you know, at the time he was 42, 41 and it just changed everything, of course. It was just horrific, you know, my brother-in-law that was such a beautiful, amazing person, um, healthy, just ended. We were all there. My husband went down to, you know, do CPR for 45 minutes. He had to get oh. a certain dude, put him in the car, um, you know, trying to get help. Um, yeah, it was, you know, fortunately I didn't see any of that, but I was at the villa, but it was just this horrific event that took place. And I suppose then, you know, my, my husband went into sort of that you know, his role is, you know, project management. And for him to get over that um, that fight or flight was, you know, he he went into um, project manager mode and, you know, he obviously had to go back to Scotland and he was away for a month while I took all the kids, my three kids, back to, to Perth to, you know, just to get through that time. And I guess it's... Um, a sequence of events, you know, as much as you, you're you going through those emotions of grief, yeah. um, being so far away, I couldn't go to the funeral or anything like that. And my um, in-laws have got an Indian background. So there's, there's quite a few traditional um, things that they must follow. And um, yeah, so I guess from that, <laughs> um, being at home by myself, with the kids my mum did come over from Melbourne for a, a little while which was very wonderful and supportive but um I guess my coping mechanism was drinking alcohol mm. and yes so that was my go-to and I think it was probably a good 12 months of just coping my husband was really fantastic he was just the way he managed to um accept and went through the emotions and very wise about the whole situation and you know through his whole grieving process but just very still very strong um you know he he was yeah I can't imagine um, going through anything like that myself, being so close to, you know, a family member. Um, but for, for my own grief, it was quite different in, in the way of alcohol. And, and I think I, I'm, I was actually 20 kilograms more than I am now. Wow. Um, so it was... I don't know, for one one evening I just saw this yoga teacher training and I was a naturopath at this stage. I was actually a practising naturopath. Uh, it wasn't like I was, an, you know, and, and I was a sort of a, a high-functioning, would drink lots of alcohol at night and and be amazing during the day. <laughs> but felt How shit. do I identify <laughs> with that? <laughs> but felt shit. So, um, you know, and I did all the right other right things, like I ate well and everything, but it was just this crutch that I had in the evening so I suppose really that's where um where my passion for habits come in and um and that that turning point for me was 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 actually doing not that I knew at the moment but was actually um enrolling in the yoga teacher training uh, which ended up being about an 18 month um endeavor and you know soon realizing you know, I went to, I went, got up early in the morning to go to the yoga studio to practice. You actually feel pretty shit when you've been drinking the night before when you have to get up at 5.30. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaturangas and beer don't mix very well. <laughs> so, no, no, you kind of want to do those little mouth bombs. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it, without me kind of realising, I was kind of like, oh, actually I might stop, you know, drink less and, and, and things and slowly that turned around. But I really did 
um, quite consciously, not that I was unconscious, but consciously go, right, I really need to, I just want to stop. I just don't want to cut down. I want to stop. So it was more about that's where my passion for um, habits came in and how to break them and how to um, create new healthy habits and, and incorporating you know, what time of the day was I, would I start to drink and where was I and what triggered me and all those things really of that self-awareness came in. And, and, and I think with habits, when you want to break them, when they're bad habits, when you think about what they are, you're, you are very much in the moment of that situation like when you have a cigarette you're very in the moment or when you have alcohol or whatever whatever that is when you're buying something if you if you, you're a chronic online purchaser um you know you're very in the moment you're not really thinking about tomorrow and 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 you know the future days ahead so um so for me it was about replacing and doing something else distracting myself from from that time and and doing something else, filling it with something else. So my go-to was having a bath. Ooh. <laughs> Nothing really exciting. It, but it, I had a lot of baths, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny because the, the podcast that releases today that, that's my po- that, that I was sharing my journey, it's I love the universe. It's all about my recovery. I have almost 31 years of sobriety. Oh, congratulations. So, so that you bring that up as your crutch. I was like, okay, I see you universe. I see you Gus. I see you up there talking. <laughs> I, I think that it's so important because you do, you do find something to take place of that. And going through AA, we would call it switching addictions it's really about finding whatever you're going to replace it with that's something good for you, whether it's mm. working out or eating healthy or taking those baths until you can switch your mindset and going through the releasing of that old habit. Because I think a lot of times there's something underneath it that we're trying not to deal with. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you talk about habits, is that, how do you coach people now? What does that look like as far as overcoming that? So you took lots of baths, then how did that transfer into, okay, now I'm going to do more yoga than taking baths or how did that transfer into yeah, your journey well, with coaching? Well, I suppose, um, I guess, um, yeah. So taking, yeah, taking, because I suppose when you're in the health industry, a lot of it is created because you want it. People come to see you to be healthy. They either have a, a symptom of something and, you know, a lot of my, the clients that I see, are, it's gut stuff. It's all gut related. Like they've got food intolerances or they've got IBS or diarrhea or constipation or gut pain or whatever it is. So it's a lot of it's about food and, and their lifestyle choices. And I found, you know, obviously being through this myself, but, you know, it's very much about, you know, well, why, why do you um, give one treatment plan to one person and they're like, yeah, let's do it, yeah, they're doing it and they're just like, yeah, they go hard and I'm like, go hard or go home and they do it all and they just switch where some people are just like, it's like banging your head up against the wall and they're like, oh, and they don't, oh, it's so hard. And you talk about, okay, let's just talk about maybe just changing your breakfast, what feels good for you, like small steps first. And, you know, everyone is different. And I love your little analogy of your little seeds growing. You show. <laughs> they all grow at different rates of speed. Oh, so cute. Yes. So true, though. I know. So people do. They're, everyone's got their little difference. So you've got to appreciate that. And um, and it's and it's down to behaviour. So that's where I got into hypnotherapy because I was like, wow, I just getting to that unconscious mind of beliefs, 
um, you know, past experiences, the influences, how they're being brought up and, you know, uh, you know, and I guess a big part of it is how we make decisions so and how we how we make choices like we've all we've got choices every day like I'm I'm having a cup of tea where I could be having a coffee you know it's little things to big things where we decide to live and who we decide to partner up with and all these all these these major decisions all this you know what time I get up in the morning they're all choices and decisions that we make and it's it's uh, the thing that I love about hypnotherapy is that we're taught um, and and guided in a way of identifying how people do make choices because um, the way they make that choice is obviously not serving them and 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 obviously going down the path that's you know, against what goal they want to take. So, you know, we could be making, for example, you could be making a choice just out of, um, you know, it could be monetary, can't afford it. Um, it could be just convenience so it's easy. You know, I'll just get that takeaway meal there because it's easy. Um, it could be because it's just, oh, but that's what I've always done, which is, you know, an ingrained habit. Oh, but my family, this is what we've done for generations it be cultural, you know, all these things. So it's really finding out how they make that decision as well, which is really quite interesting. And a lot of the time when it's when it's a, um, a choice, when you, let's say, it's something like when people sort of go, oh, I just really want to stop drink, eating that chocolate at night time, you know, that little after dinner and, uh, you know, all of a sudden a, block, a little square becomes half a block and all that very quickly um it's you know well how do you decide to eat the rest of that block you know how 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 does your mind you know there's a thought first and then the behavior comes so it's about even you know making that person self-aware of you know what they're actually thinking in their mind before they're actually taking that action very interesting and generally a lot of the time it can be we're just trying to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. We're trying to just regulate. We might have had a tough day or we're feeling a bit stressed or we're feeling a little bit lonely or, you know, all those sort of self-soothing nervous system type mechanisms that we just want to comfort ourselves. And because we're quite, you know, especially this, you know, the current climate as well we're we're very social people and we want to connect with others and when that's compromised we we have to find it in in other areas as well so yeah there's a lot a lot to unpack Julie (laughs) do you think that I I love when you were talking about micro decisions do you think that and I know for myself and and I think self-soothing is is huge because, and sorry, if you can hear clickety clacketing in the background, my dog keeps coming in. She's like, I want to participate. Um, do you think the way that you make big decisions is the same way that you make the micro decisions? So when you decide, oh, do I want coffee or do I want tea? Is it more of a subconscious micro decision that you've made all the time? So that's the way you make a micro decision is way the way you make a big decision? Or is there a difference between the two? I do. I think um, they're they're very very similar. Very, very. I mean, that maybe the the big macro decision you might you might ask a few people for opinions, which sometimes can be helpful or unhelpful, um, because you can't sort of you know make that decision yourself. But it is it you you it's very similar because it's um, sometimes it, it it is it's trying to fulfill something that you know. It could, within you that um yeah you just you just don't you're unaware of so you know when you're making those big decisions it's you know is it is it too expensive oh I can't afford that you know that's too expensive whereas yeah you know a coffee you might go to certain coffee place because of the price that it is um yeah I think they're very very strongly related I yeah I I agree I agree I think the other thing is, is that you bring up a a good point is that 
I, when I, when I used to teach in here, I would tell people, if you're not getting the outcome that you want, mm -hmm. you have to go back and look at your actions and your actions, then you have to go backwards. So your actions are because of your habits, your habits are because of your beliefs and your beliefs are because of a thought that you started thinking. And then you just kept thinking that thought over and over again, and it became a belief. And yep. then you kept believing that. So then your belief became a habit. And then you kept doing it over and over again to your habits and action. And you can't, you get, I call it the swirling vortex of doom. So when it's not a good habit, you're in that swirling vortex of doom. And I think people forget that they can completely radically shift who they are by going back to what the thought was that started the whole thing. Because a belief is just a thought you keep thinking so how do you find that when you have someone that's coming to you for hypnotherapy? So um, it's the way they, the type of language that they use. Um, so it's, um, oh, they might even just say, oh, um, I've always been like that. Mm. Okay. Well, well, even when you're four? <laughs> you know really um or you know or I just you know or they just you know the overwhelm or that the, the stuck I can't move forward or um even just the way they speak if they're talking about um the past maybe or um you know they might be very present focused where they're not really thinking about the future so if you know, if they're sort of thinking about, um, which is sometimes, it, which is what we want, we want people to be present. But when you find that if people um, have more addictive behaviours, they are thinking quite now. So in, in, in hypnotherapy, one thing that we want to, to really um, get them to do when they're in trance is to think, feel, taste, envisage that future self and get them from here to there so they're actually in it now so, so really being I have a, sorry I have this dying question and or is listening going Julie quit interrupting her it's squirrel I have to ask this so you said the word trance and for those that are listening that hear the word hypnotherapy that hear that oh my god are you going to make me dance like a chicken you know, do you, how do you, how do you overcome people's fear of being or going through hypnosis and being in a trance-like state? How, because what truly is hypnotherapy? So it's, it's getting you to a state where your, your focused attention is, you're, you're drawing your focused attention inward. So it's just like that same big example is if you're driving a car, driving, 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 and then, you know, it's one of those routes that you go all the time, might be to work or wherever, and you get there and you're like, oh, I'm here today. <laughs> Oops, should have felt that little bit more. Oh, anyway, we're here. You know, so you have, you, we've all done it. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've all done it. That's 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 it. <laughs> that's that state. Or you know, you might be engrossed in a book, or all of a sudden the time kind of just goes. Or you might be, you know, it's usually when you're quite creative and open. Like you might be in the garden, or you might be painting, or cooking, or listening to to, to an audio book, and really just really focused in on it on a on us uh, on on a subject or you know external whatever you're just yeah really focused and that that time kind of just goes by and 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 that's that's the state and a lot of the time um people might go oh is that it you know but I heard everything you said or you know it's just because we, you're just getting into that 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 calming state where for some reason and it's still quite, you know, there's a lot of research to say actually why, why it works. For some reason, when you are in that state, you are just more open to suggestions and ideas 
than you normally would be if I'm just talking to you right now. Um, and it's and and what I love about hypnotherapy and the the form that I use is Ericksonian. So it's really about empowering people with the resources that they already have. That's what's you you when when that interview process. I, I'm asking you know. So what do you do and what what things do you love and and you know what what things are working for you and I draw on all those aspects all those positive aspects and use them and create other stories and metaphors and and just little ideas of you know I might be talking about something that's totally different um and you're like oh what's she going on about but there's a little hidden message um in in that story and for whatever reason you you kind of either get inspired and motivated and empowered and 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 you it creates change. It's quite I amazing. love that. I love or, that. It, yeah. It's it's funny because I just uh, went through an NLP program and just got certified in in NLP, which is well done. which is very very fun. And it, it's really about the way I think about it in, in, in my brain is that you have your conscious mind is the gatekeeper and your conscious mind is the gatekeeper. It's there to keep you safe. If anything, like you normally turn right down a road and all of a sudden you get this inspiration, which is your unconscious mind that says, Hey, let's take a left because I have something really cool down there for you. Our conscious mind goes, no. Nope. Danger, Will Robbins. We never go left. We must go right. I'm going to keep you safe. And so I think that in that is where you get to distract the conscious mind. So they open the gate so you can actually talk to the unconscious mind, which is where the magic and and the dreams and your goals and your aspirations really sit. And your, your conscious mind is sitting there like you want to go see an attorney, you got to get through the gatekeeper. You've got to get past that front desk. And to me, that's how I think of it. Of course. Yeah. Perfect. You have to be, you have to be open in some sense. And I can't tell you how many times I've driven. I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Like, I don't even remember driving here. And I'm thinking, I'm so glad I didn't hurt somebody. But I think we can, anybody that's listening, probably while you're doing that, I was hysterically cracking up, but I think anybody that's listening is going, I do that all the time. So it takes that fear away from the word of hypnotherapy, because we've all seen the, you know, on the stage, make it bark like a chicken and do all that. And it it gives it such a a bad name. Yeah, it really does. So talk to me. I love you. Talk to, I'm going to switch topics. You talked about people with their gut and I've heard the saying that our bodies have two brains, our actual brain between our ears and the brain in our stomach. And that if your stomach isn't healthy, that it affects our mental process and it affects everything else in our life, in our gut. So will you talk about that a little bit and why does our stomach where we, you know, shove all the yummy stuff. Why does that have such a huge impact on our lives? Oh, Julie, I love this topic. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Where do we start? All right. Buckle in, baby. We're going to go. Okay. Here we go. So um, oh, I love the whole brain-gut connection. So, okay, you've got your brain and you've got all your lovely, you've got your 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 spine and down your spine, you've got um, coming out of your, your back of your head, down your spine is your vagal nerve. It's like one of the big, I call it the, it's like a big highway. So, you know, information goes up and down um, from your, your, your nervous system, your neurons, they're sending information up and down. So it comes down, um, the vagal nerve actually it's also called the wandering nerve. So it kind of goes through your heart and your spleen and through some of your organs. And it also goes so down your spine and then it comes into your um, your your digestive system, your, your gut, which is called also the enteric nerve system, which is your second brain. So there's just as many neurons in your in your enteric nervous system as there are in your brain. No way. Yes. Why? It's like they've got their own little thing going on and they're sending messages and they're talking to each other and they're like, yeah, all the little bacteria guys and they're like, yeah, yeah. 
And the other amazing thing, even though I spoke about that highway where the information goes up and down, majority of the information, 80% of it actually goes from our gut to our brain and only 20% from our brain to our gut. Shut your whole face right now. So, yes. So that's why... Okay, and I love us as Americans, but we have such a horrible diet. Is that why so many people struggle is because they think that the brain between your ears is everything. And when you get healthy, so all the mindset work that you're doing, so all of this that your affirmations and journaling and gratitude and all of this stuff, is super important, but 80% of what you're doing is going from your gut up? Yeah, so as far as like the, yeah, so as far as the gut bug, so if you're, if you're, um, if you've got more um, gut bugs that are, are prone to create inflammation, so that, that and, and by diet, when, if you're eating that, say, high saturated fats, a lot of meat, um, you know, you're not eating your vegetables and, fi- you know, your good grain and good fibre and things like that. So what happens is you're actually feeding the gut bugs that love inflammation. They're like, yep, mm, eat me, me. And then they, they multiply and they have babies and, and they're, they're loving life. They're like, yeah, well, this is great, this is great. And then the other ones aren't getting fed because I just want an apple. I want some spinach. And so they're so they're all getting small and the other ones are like hey and they create they've got this around those these gut bugs these particular bacteria they've got an enteric wall around them that actually send out endotoxins and look the word endotoxins isn't a very good word julie so the name itself it's not nice there's nothing nice about the word endotoxins so they send this inflammation which is you know, fancy cytokines, inflammatory dudes, the army, the inflammatory dudes, they come up, they're sending messages. And then in your brain, you've got these cytokine receptors. They're going, oh, we're, we're, we need to be attached to something. They attach to them. And that's called the inflamed brain. So there's a lot of research to show that that is one aspect of depression that um, you've got an inflamed brain from from some of the gut microbes. And look, and, and talking about depression, there's so many layers to that. It just is one aspect of it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously situational and, and all these other things, but there is, there is research to show that, that, that your gut health can impact the health and um, of your brain as well and, and, and becoming inflamed. So, and that can cause depression in itself. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff with the, the brain gut connection. And that's where, um, you know, and there's, it is one of those, those chicken and the egg things. It's kind of like, if you're feeling a bit shit, no, you don't, you just want to get takeaway, don't you? You're just like, <sighs> Yeah. So it's more like, oh, that doesn't help. But then, you know, or does it, or you kind of like that and then that causes that and, and then it's sort of this. So it's just, it's it's really hard to know what comes first, um, but it, neither of them help each other. And it's hard to get out of that, that kind of little cycle. But, you know, it is, that is just one aspect of the whole brain, brain gut connection. And, you know, you hear the terms, these great, great terms and you think misery guts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it all. Yeah, gut feelings, gut instinct, because they're 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 little guys in there. They're going, they're talking to each other right now. That is absolutely fascinating. So when you think about it, so that just blew my mind. That's why I'm sitting here silent. I'm like, wait, Julie, you got to say something. This is a podcast. People aren't looking at us. Um, (laughs) I keep forgetting that because we record on Zoom and then I put the audio up. But those gut feelings is that 80% of your gut sending the message up to your brain that, hey, either something's really wrong or, hey, something's really right. And 
the conscious mind, the gatekeeper goes, mm, well, I don't think I'm going to listen to that. Whereas your unconscious mind is going, eat the damn apple. It's really what's going to help us right now. If people were, okay, so yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm down for a pizza every once in a while. And I, I notice for me, and this is just me, when I start eating clean and when I start eating healthy and when I start getting away from the shit stuff that, you know, we eat because it's quick, it's easy, it satisfies that almost like that addiction that I feel better. So what's one small step that whoever's listening is going, oh God, okay, I'm hearing it again. What's a small step that someone could take that will help them start down the path of getting better gut health? Oh, okay. Um, eat more vegetables. Eat a rainbow. Color the... We don't, as Western, you know, Western eaters, we do not eat enough vegetables. We do not have enough fibre. We do not have, you look at your plate when you serve it up and you go, am I eating a rainbow? Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's nice. It's like a mm, bit, bit, bit yellow. Sometimes <laughs> if I do, I'm like, sorry, kids, it's a bit yellow tonight. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny. I made a salad last night and I hadn't made one in a while. And I literally took a picture of it because of all the different, the peppers and the cauliflower and, and the peas and all that stuff in there. Um, and, and we're, it's true. We, we don't eat enough vegetables. And I think the, the thing is, is I'm sure you'd agree is that don't eat a vegetable slathered in cheese. I mean, if it helps you start to eat vegetables, then, then put cheese on it. But we want to be careful of how we have our vegetables. So do you, do you have a garden? Yes. So yes, you my husband, your- Yeah, my husband's the, the, the grower. I'm just, the, yeah, if you, let, if you let me do it, then everything would die. <laughs> See, I knew I loved you for some reason because you're my spirit sister. I kill cactuses and they're like, you can't kill this plant. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Trust me. Although my little blooms are doing really well, they're still surviving. They must have felt the love. They do. I I talked to them this morning. For anybody that's listening, it's like, what the hell is she talking about? I did a a Facebook Live where I talked about how we are bloomed and you plant something. So you plant a, a flower. You don't go out the next day and go, where's my rose? there's a process and we as humans go through the same process we get an idea it's planted now we have to feed it and water it and be good to it and be kind to it be kind to ourselves to let it grow so when you think about that gut is there a lot of times where you have clients that come to you that want help to lose weight or to be healthier does the hypnotherapy help to create those new habits to be able to start somebody on that journey of eating healthier if they just they have that habit of and they just don't have that self-worth does that tie into the hypnotherapy as well yes yeah so the reason one of the reasons why i did want to study hypnotherapy um because there's um a lot of research called um on uh it's called duck uh, gut duck gut <laughs> gut directed hypnotherapy um or gut focused hypnotherapy so there's you know to, to actually support ibs irritable bowel syndrome and how um using hypnotherapy was as as, as just as beneficial as it was dietary like they fo- sort of followed some people uh, uh, group of people that um some did the low FODMAPs and some did the hypnotherapy and and actually the the ones that did the hypnotherapy actually um were just better off their quality of life improved in areas so and that's what really drew me because I was like wow that is amazing because we when we're speaking to the mind we're actually you know we can we can be sort of that connected and it's also that that element of um 
um, because it's so much related to your nervous system, how I was talking about, you know, you've got the vagal nerve and, and it goes out and it comes into your enteric nervous system. A lot of it is stress related. So, you know, even when you sort of, when people, when you're, you might get a bit anal retentive if you're a bit stressed or, um, you know, you might, when you're stressed, you, you, you will be, you, you, habits might kind of the ones that you don't want kind of creeping like you might get that takeaway or you might have an alcohol you know so really actually just focusing on someone to de-stress or to perhaps um let go of elements in their life that they've got too much on or they they perhaps identifying areas that they can um, share responsibilities with others instead of just, you know, putting it all on themselves. You know, there's so many aspects that you can actually incorporate in a hypnotherapy session to actually benefit your gut um, without actually, um, you know, just talking about the gut in, in, a, in its physical sense. It's quite, it's quite amazing. Lots of, lots of stream chat. Wow. <laughs> Waterfall. <laughs> so what is your favorite thing to do to de-stress? Meditate. Yes. <laughs> so with meditation and as soon as it, once we get done with this, I, I could talk to you all day, but I we got to wrap up sometime. Plus you guys that are listening, I just want to tell you how much I love this woman because it is after 10 o'clock at night in Australia and she chose to hang out with us. So I'm like, so grateful. So the misconception with meditation is that you have to sit and you clear all your thoughts out. And so I started meditating probably a couple years ago and I was like, this is some bullshit right here. I would sit there and go, okay, don't think, don't think I'm thinking, I'm thinking, crap, I thought about that. Well, then I got to do think about this. And then I, and it would be like this, this band of thoughts that just was playing at 5,000 decibels. Now I'm realizing that it's a practice and that I don't have to clear my thoughts and that that is never going to happen. Yes. Yes. Well done. Yay, Julie. That's so good. <laughs> Trust me, I did my meditation this morning and all I, and my thoughts were like, I just followed this journey of thoughts yes. going around and around. I'm like, wait, come back, come back, come back. Nope. I'm going to go down this road. Yeah. And I actually thought, and I actually got some really cool ideas. How do you meditate? Do you do guided meditations or do you just, are you at the point where you can just sit in silence? Yeah, I just, I, I just sit so for me, I might start off with, um, I, I suppose I don't even realise I'm doing it. I suppose I start off with a little bit body scan, start off my head and mm, soften, soften the face, soften the jaw, soften, soften, soften. And then just focus on my breathing, just noticing my chest and perhaps the, my t- the touch of my chair. Or, I'm, I'm always seated. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those comfy. I don't sit cross-legged with my fingers. Right. No. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I've got the, like the blankie. I'm like tuned in a blankie with my feet on the on the soles of the feet. Have to be have to be grounded. Legs uncrossed, grounded, so I can feel. I imagine big roots going down into the earth. And oh, look, it's it's you know just even little mantras of I am calm, I am open. You know, just little, whatever, whatever, you know, but then I'll fall because all of a sudden I'm thinking about the shopping and then I'm thinking about, and they go, oh, I'm thinking about the shopping again. Come back to the breath. Oh, okay, yes, yes, that's where I was, yes. And it's just that, you know, it's just that. It's <laughs> a journey. That journey, that that thing that you do and you just don't beat yourself up about it and you, but you feel, I just go, oh, and then when I do, notice my body and I just go right my muscles in my legs will soften soften the the legs in you know I go wow they're so 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 soft and oh they're so the muscle tension is gone and I think oh and I, then I go oh this is so nice oh this is lovely and I'll just sit there going oh I feel so relaxed ah you know and it's just I don't have to do anything or just say I don't have to do anything this is amazing yeah. And, and I, I think that 
one thing that people ask me all the time and I, and I tell people start meditating and I started with an app. I start, first of all, I started on YouTube and then the company I used to work for gave everybody the headspace app. And I love that app. And then I found an app called sync tuition that I use that is music. And there's like binaural beats and all of that. And I still think thoughts and all through that, but I exactly start meditating. It's, it helps people poo poo it and are like, Oh, I don't have time. Well, if you don't have 10 freaking minutes, then you, that, then you have to meditate because everybody's got 10 minutes. Yes. Every Elon Musk meditates all of these people who are brilliantly and from the person next door that's living a calm and happy life most people meditate and they tell you that that is going to help you be more successful and stop that cortisol from going into your body and 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 help you to relax so i'm so glad that you said that so i have a last question for you before i ask the last question how do yeah. people find you and, and how do people work with you? Because uh, there might be some people that are, well, I'm in the United States. How, do, how the heck do I work with somebody in Australia? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got an online service, Julie. Can take, <laughs> I know, it's exciting, isn't it? So, yeah, you can just um, go on. It's my name, sarahchopra.com. You can just go on there, book an appointment. It all goes into your time zone and all Zoom links get emailed to you instantly. So, um, and there's a lot of, um, I've got, I have a, I've actually got a, um, a dusty podcast that needs to be resurrected. I'm feeling the urge to dust off the podcast and and resurrect it again so you can listen to some of my um older episodes called the gut guru um can listen to that um also you can follow me on instagram on facebook share lots of little igtv little snippets of inspiration and i've got a facebook group happy gut happy you i do little challenges in there i just did a um feed your good gut bugs challenge so you can still get all the information there if you wanted to to do add more vegetables into your life so yeah i'm kind of everywhere awesome and here's the thing so whoever's listening there's these things and you hear me talk about it every single week and i will keep talking about it every single week there are these things called show notes and when you go into the podcast in the episode it has like you'll see sarah's bio in there but go down below it because i will have all the links i'll have the link for her facebook group i'll have the link for her podcast or even though it's dusty it's it's going to come back can be rebirthed <laughs> like a phoenix and haha <laughs> and then there's uh her instagram all the links to get a hold of sarah if you want to work with sarah um as i'm sure you love her as much as i do because you're just freaking adorable this has been so much fun so last question for you yeah. i know for a fact that there's probably somebody listening that is sitting in the shit pile that's sitting in the ashes that says oh you guys are cute this is great but nothing in my life is working for me and my life is a, is a shit sandwich. So what would you say to someone who's sitting in the ashes who feels like there's no hope? What is one piece of advice that you would give them to help them find that hope? Um, oh, look, I, as cliche, I don't want to sound cliche and corny. But what I find really powerful, and I just um, went through a self-compassion, mindfulness self-compassion course, and what I found really, really powerful was um, just, we don't want to call it meditation. If you're not one for meditation, just sitting silent, just closing down your eyes, just or softening your gaze, and just being still just for a few minutes, and then... Once you sort of get your breath into perhaps just a, a natural state, and if you've if if you're thinking about perhaps a, a particular problem that might be happening in your life at the moment, and if you think about that problem and feel notice where it's showing up in your body, so it might be in your chest, you might feel a bit heaviness. This is an example. But for me, usually that, that's where it will, will feel. 
And I'll really sort of focus on that area and just see if I can soften and open that space, that part of my body. And just asking myself in my mind, what does my body need right now? And usually it's that first thing that comes into your mind that that's what you need. And if that's even just a hug, rest, it will just acknowledge that that need, that that um, basic human need that you need at that present moment that you need to fulfil and that, that void, that hole that perhaps needs to be filled. So it's nothing, anything mind-blowing, but it really, that was really quite a powerful um, and, and be very surprised to see what, what actually pops up and um, and usually that's that's what you need at that given moment. I love it, and it's funny because everybody that's been on this podcast has has said something different, and and they are all so incredibly important. And I know that the people that need to hear it are listening right now. Um, if you have listened to this and you love this episode, I would invite you to rate it, subscribe, do all the do the things and share it. If you know somebody in your life that could have a little bit more Sarah in their life, send them the podcast, send them the link, because I think that the, the more that we share and the more that we give away and the more that we help and the more that we serve, the more that comes back. So however you can do that, do that. And always, always be kind. It costs nothing to be kind because you never know what somebody else's journey is because You'd never know unless someone tells you what their, their demons that they have battled has been. So Sarah, thank you so, so much. I am so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful that you stayed awake because <laughs> now it's like 11 o'clock. It's like, I got to get you so you can go to sleep and go to bed. But thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you next week. And thank you again for listening. You are loved, you're appreciated, you're adored, and you are so enough. If you could only see the divine light that we see shining out from you, you would never doubt yourself again. Until next week, enjoy. And it's Wednesday, so you just get a slide on into the weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.